Welcome to the Bethel Surridge Sermon of the Week. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We hope this message provides clarity, deeper insights, and transformation for your life. We hope you enjoy the message. But I wanted to share just really briefly a a message of truth about the day that we celebrate today. The fact that of even just like what we talked about, that it was like coming into a new life, that there's a new hope. And when we talk about Easter Sunday, or some some would call it inside of the church, Resurrection Sunday, because the day that Jesus, that we celebrate, that Jesus rose from the dead like he said he would. And it's a day of hope. It's a day of life. It's a day like, yes. But I want to ask a serious question for a second. Even though we know today, 2,000 plus years later, that He is risen, He's risen indeed, and that there is hope has come, and that we have a hope for the future, does every day in your life feel like there's always hope? Or maybe it's just me when I look at my bank statement sometimes. (laughs) I see the price of gas go up, and I'm kind of like, oh, come on. In those situations, but why, why do I struggle with feeling sometimes hopeless or why do I still struggle with fear and doubt even though I know that Jesus has risen from the dead even though I know that hope has come and hope is here and it makes me kind of think back to the friends of Jesus and we celebrate Good Friday and then we usually jump to the celebration of Easter and we're going to get there but I want us if you wouldn't mind for just a few moments to sort of track back a little bit in the story that on that Good Friday that we celebrated His death, we know the end of the story. We've been on a series talking about that we, our story is intertwined with His story because it's His story first and foremost. But we know the end of it. If you've ever read a book, and if you're a reader, you're a reading fan like my wife, I really like magazines, she likes really big books. And so in those moments, if you're reading through there, you don't read the end because if you read the end, what happens? It takes out the suspense. It takes out all the journey because you know the end of the story. We know the end of the story. Jesus rose. But Mary Magdalene, Peter, the disciples, doubting Thomas as we like to call him, they didn't know the end of the story. They were living their story in the moment. So the guy, their closest friend, their teacher, their savior, their Messiah, the one that they'd given up their life to follow, he goes on this journey thinking that this is going to be changed. Change is coming, and now he dies. He gets put into a grave, and it seemed like all hope was lost. And where do we find them in the middle times? We find the disciples locked up in a room hiding. We see others heartbroken and and, and hurting on the inside because their best friend had gone. And I don't know, but I think there's a lot of truth that can be related to us today. That even though hope has come, there's a lot of times where we feel hopeless. We feel alone. We feel filled with hurt and fear and anxiety. But I want to say that Jesus doesn't leave us there. There is a hope for you, but sometimes there's things that block us from walking into the life that He's asked us to do. And so this morning, I want to quickly look at a few truths. And we see this lady, the ladies that said were coming, Mary Magdalene and those were coming to to the tomb to actually season the body so it would smell better. You know, it's like deodorant. So it was like, you know, right guard for for Jesus in the moment. They wanted him to smell good. All of a sudden they get there, but when they get there, they're panicking because the rock 
is moved away from the tomb. They end up hearing these famous words that we already said today, which is Matthew 28, 6. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as He said what happened. Jesus had already told all of His friends that this is what would occur. This is what was going to happen. But in their hurt, in their trouble, in their turmoil, in their fear, it overwhelmed them. Have you ever been overwhelmed by fear? There was a spider earlier in here, and I said, I have to get that out, otherwise my daughter is not going in. If it was a snake, I would not be in. I don't think I would be even in the building. In those moments, we've had moments where there's fear, and we see Mary Magdalene. She comes, and she's doing a good thing. She encounters this angel and says, He already said He's not here. But a few verses later, and we see in John 20, verse 14 to 15, and I encourage you at your own at home, read John 20. But John 20, verse 14 said that Mary, she hears these words, and as she goes out, she encounters the risen Savior. She encounters hope. She encounters Jesus, but she didn't recognize Him. Hope was right here in this room, just like hope is right here in this room, just like hope came out of this water. There is life and there is hope here today, and His name is Jesus, and He's right here with you. But many times our fear and our troubled hearts and our turmoil can make us miss that He's right here with us. The disciples missed that hope was coming. And that hope was here as they locked themselves scared in the room. And it said that she even thought he was the gardener. Can you imagine that? I'm serious. I'm like, that was, it literally says that. It says, Jesus starts talking and she's like, pardon, what's going on? She thinks, it's gardener. where have you taken his body? Can you imagine Jesus? Like, seriously, it's me. She didn't recognize him because her fear and her circumstances overwhelmed her. She couldn't see that hope was right at her fingertips until Jesus speaks up. He doesn't want to leave us in our fear. He doesn't want to leave us in our troubled hearts. That is the power of Resurrection Sunday, that He doesn't leave us feeling hopeless or discouraged, but He speaks life and hope to your situation. And He does to her, and He calls her into the resurrected life or the elevated life. In those days, women were viewed very poorly. It was wrong. But it was the culture of the day. But guess what Jesus did? Jesus said, I know your past, I know your history, I know your fears, but I want you to be the one who carries this message. You're going to be the first one who sees the risen Savior, and I want you to go and tell the rest of the disciples, the rest of the boys there, I want you to tell them that hope is here and I am alive. He called her into a higher calling and a higher purpose, and God wants to do that in our lives, but sometimes fear has stopped us. Has God ever called you to do something big or maybe start a business or even step out in areas, maybe share the gospel with somebody and fear or your troubled heart has stopped you from doing what God asked you to do? I want to tell you, hope is here and his name is Jesus. He pulls her out of that mess and he offers her and he points her to resurrected life. Number two, we get to another gentleman that I think we can relate to and he was, his name was Thomas and it's pretty bad that many of us remember him, especially if you don't go to church, you know him as Doubting Thomas. Think of that. We preface his name with what he did wrong. Ever have somebody preface your name with what you did wrong? Every time that you come into the room, you think of what they're saying or what they're thinking. This is what Thomas was going through. He had just lost his friend. All the other disciples had seen Jesus, the resurrected king, and Thomas doesn't get to see him. He wasn't there. 
Talk about a bad day to go and get lunch and you're on the coffee run. Think Jesus comes in and you're not there. So everybody else tells him the story and says, Jesus is alive. Hope is here. Just like he said he would. He's alive. He's risen. He's risen indeed, Carol. He's risen. They're excited. They're emotional. And Thomas's words are this in John 20, verse 25. When I see it, I'll believe it. When I see his hands and when I can place mine in his, then I'll believe that it's real. How many today are sitting here today saying, I don't know if I believe this whole thing. I don't know if there is hope. I don't know if this is just all a waste of time. Maybe today God's saying, I'm hope, hope is here. I'm right here. A little bit later, what ends up happening is they're standing there and Jesus, think about this for a second, Jesus appears. The doors are locked because they're still scared. And Jesus is now hanging out with them. I think it'd be a little freaky, a little bit. The others have already seen it, but Thomas hadn't. But Thomas still doesn't believe. His doubt and unbelief is so strong that he doesn't even come to his senses right away. But Jesus already knows what would bring peace to his troubled heart, would bring peace to his doubting heart. Jesus does exactly what Thomas said. If he would do this, I would then believe. In verse 27, we see that truth. Jesus is here. See my hands? He wasn't there when Thomas said it, but he knows all things. Puts his hands out. He says, place your hands in there. See whether it's truth. See that hope is here. That hope is alive. He knew exactly what Thomas needed to believe. This morning, I want to tell you, no matter your age, no matter your background, no matter what somebody else has said about you, Jesus already knows what you need to bring life and hope to your situation. He knows exactly what you're crying out. The secrets at night, the tears on your pillow. He knows those and He knows what you need. And because of the resurrection, you can believe that hope is here. The King is here. And He's already trying to meet you and pull you out of that. He's calling us to a life far higher than we've ever walked. A life full of, of hope. life full of joy. A, love, a life full of power. But we have to choose. He calmed the doubts. He calmed the fears. And finally, we get to a guy that I relate to really well, Peter. He's the same guy who said, I will never disown you. And then he swears at a little kid. That's what happened. The girl says, you know, Jesus, weren't you hanging out? And he uses some words that today we'd have to be about. He cursed her. And so in that moment, later on at the garden, like we talked last week, he's the guy who takes out the sword and slices off the ear. And Jesus says, man, that's not what we were supposed to do. Takes the ear and puts it back on. Serious. Probably Mr. Potato Head got the plan from there. <laughs> and Jesus puts it right back on. And in this moment, Peter says, I'll never do this, only to find out he did. The rooster crows. And he'd done it. He did the thing. He says, I would give my life for you. And he does it. Where do we find Peter and the disciples? Even after Jesus, even after hope had arrived on the scene, even after Peter had hung out with them for a few minutes, where do we find them? In the locked door in John 21. And we see this in verse 3 and 4. Jesus, for right now, he's not there with them. And Peter says, what do we do now? The disciples are sitting there saying, what do we do now? He says, I'm going fishing. Guess where Peter came from and guess what his job and occupation was before he became a follower of Jesus, before he became an apostle? He was a fisherman. 
He let his disappointment, he let his failures in those moments and all the voices going on in his head say, I'm going to go back to my past. I've, I've screwed up too many times to walk into the future that you said about me. Jesus had said, no longer are you going to be a fisher of fish, but you are going to be a fisher of men. He called him into a new life. He called him into his early speaking truth, to his resurrected life, the hope for his future, that he had a plan, that he would be the rock that the church would be built on. But Peter, all he could see, and I believe many of us see the same thing as all of our failures. If we could get real with ourselves for a few moments, when you look in a mirror, do you sometimes see your failures? Do you sometimes see your flaws? I've been somebody who's struggled with my weight all my life. My wife can tell me that I, you know what, babe, you're getting in better shape. You look great. Guess what I usually see? Every, every little handle, you know, that's why I got the blazer on, okay? <laughs> Any of those moments, we see our flaws. I know my failures and I get stuck by those failures, but what the resurrection and hope says is he says, I'm not, I'm not saying that you haven't had those moments. I'm not sort of diminishing or minimizing those paths or those journeys because some of our paths have been hard. But what he's saying is I'm calling you to a new life, to a new hope, a new journey that's far higher. We've got to stop getting hung up on our failures and our mistakes and sit there and say, because of the cross, because of his grace, and because of his resurrection, we can have hope that he's breathing new life into your life. And so where do we find them? We find the disciples out fishing and they've had a terrible time. Nobody in this room have ever had that happen. <laughs> they fished all night and caught no fish. That's a bad trip. Then this guy comes on the shore and he says, got any fish? No, our nets have nothing. Throw your net to the other side. And they're kind of like, seriously. Anybody ever give you those moments you're having a bad day and they're like, if you just do this and you, you want to tell them something different. <laughs> Jesus says this and it said in the text, they did not recognize him. But then all of a sudden John recognized him and says, that's Jesus. And Peter instantly in the moment said, forget this. He throws on his tunic, he throws on some shorts, on his, on his robe, and he jumps in the water while the boat isn't even docked. It's still a long ways off. And he runs towards them and he comes to them. And Jesus then speaks life back into him. He says, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Do you love me? This is what I need you to do. Do you love me? And he's saying, feed my sheep, do that. And what he's saying is, I'm reminding you of who you're called to be, not what you've experienced. Not your failures, but what I've made you to be and called you to be to the elevated, resurrected life that he's asked of you. And he's doing the same for us today. And that's where we end our story. Because we had Mary with fear and troubled hearts. We had Thomas with his doubts, the insecurities, the worry of like unbelief. We had Peter that was tied up by his past and his failures, the journey that he'd been on. But it ends with us. His resurrection wasn't just for then. His resurrection is for you here today. New life and hope for you here today. If you're battling with fear, if you're battling with a troubled heart, if you're battling with doubt or unbelief, if you're battling with the, the thoughts and the memories of the past, saying, I can never get free, I can never find hope, I want to tell you today, the resurrection is a reminder for us, and it's the truth for us that you have a hope now, and you have a hope eternal. That life has come. Hope is here. And even more so, there's a truth that we're going to close with this. So it says in Romans 8, verse 11, how do we know that this can happen? 
You might be saying, Curtis, you don't even know me. You don't know my story. You don't know the journey that I've been on. So how can something be so powerful that it can affect me right now? It said this in Romans 8.11, The same Spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Look at somebody next to you in case they're sleeping and say, You. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you ask Him in your life, like with those who are being baptized today, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that left the rock rolled away and allowed Him to walk out, lives inside of you. You have resurrection life and power flowing through your veins. It's a part of your DNA. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 says the old is gone and the new has come. Life has come. Hope has come. That's the power of the resurrection. That's the power and the hope that we have here today. Every single one, from the youngest to the oldest, that you don't have to miss His hope. You don't have to miss His life. You don't have to miss His calling and His purpose that He's calling you further. Today, don't miss it. It's here and it's accessible for you. Because of the cross, because of his death and his resurrection, hope is here and hope is available for you. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. Lord, we thank you today that you are hope, that you are a living hope. Lord, today, if we've, been, if we've missed the hope and the life that you've brought to us through the resurrection, if we've missed it because of our fear or our hurts, if we've missed it because of doubts or unbelief or even things of our past, today we said we're no longer going to do it. Show us who you are. Show us that we have hope, that we have purpose, that we have a calling, and that we have a life far greater than what we could ever imagine. Let us walk in the truth of who you are and the power that raised you from the dead. This morning, if you're here with us and you don't know Jesus and you're saying, I want that. I, I want to have that life. I want to have that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in me. The greatest truth is we can access that in a moment. It comes to what we just asked those questions is, do you know Jesus? Do you believe that he was the son of God? Do you believe that he died on a cross for you to pay a price that we couldn't pay? If we believe that and we confess with our mouth and ask him to be Lord of our lives in a moment, everything changes. Today, with every eye bowed, if you would want to make that decision, maybe for the first time, or maybe it's getting your life back, I just encourage you to slide up a hand so we can pray with you. And if you already have that decision, my challenge is this. Here and online, let's let Resurrection Sunday, Easter 2022, an Easter that we finally could get back together fully. Let it be the year that we walk in the fullness of the life that he paid for. Let us walk in the fullness and the power of the resurrection. So we pray that truth over each and every one here today. God, we pray that you would, your blessing and your favor would rest upon every home. We ask this in your name, we pray. And we said together, amen and amen. Amen power of the cross that your story can be transformed. I am so excited to see what God is going to do in your life with a bunch of other believers gathered all across here at Bethel Sunridge, all around the world of what Jesus is going to do in our lives, that he is rewriting our stories. 
Listen, is this your first time? We would love to connect with you. And right down below, there's going to be a connect card link. And maybe you heard something in this service and you felt the impact and the power of these stories. The Holy Spirit may be trying to get to your heart, drawing you near. If you believe and profess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that Christ was raised up from the dead, and that he is alive, it says in Romans 10 verse 9 that you will be saved. That you are accepting what Jesus has done on the cross, that he has forgiven you of your sins, that you want to walk this new, amazing, transformational journey with him. Maybe that's you right now. I invite you to, to pray with us. And these next few moments, we're praying that God will just move in your life like never before. Lord, we thank you so much for what you are doing in each person's life. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross, that you were forever transforming stories. And God, we thank you so much that you love us so deeply that you gave us your one and only son to die on the cross for us so that we may be forgiven of our sins. And Lord, we're just saying right now, would you come into our life? Jesus, we believe that you are risen. We believe it, God. We are saying that you are the savior of this world. And Lord, we're just confessing our sins before you as well and saying, we have fallen. We have all fallen short, but God, would you come and make us whole? Would you come and restore us and make us right? Would you come and heal us? And Lord, just praying for that right now. God, we love you. We're excited for all the new journeys and all the new testimonies that are about to happen. And we just give this all to you in your name, Jesus. Amen. Again, we would love to connect with you. Someone from our leadership team, from our staff, is going to chat with you if you choose to journey with us. And we are going to get you planted, maybe planted into a life group, maybe just chatting for the first little bit. So 